Today's sponsor is Headspace. You slept every night of your life, so you should be pretty good at it by now, right? Unfortunately, many of us don't get the quality sleep that we need and could use a little bit of help, and that's where Headspace has got you covered. It's your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy-to-use app. And while they have meditations devoted to helping you reduce stress and increase your overall sense of well-being, they have an entire library of sleep stories, sleep music, and other sleep sounds that can help you get the quality sleep you desperately need. And for busy lifestyles, they have what's called wind downs. It's meditations and breathing exercises that are as short as three minutes so they can fit into anybody's schedule. I personally use Headspace myself. I've tried out some of the sleep stuff. It actually works. Like to me, it actually makes a difference. So Headspace, it's backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews. That's a lot. And over 60 million downloads. Try it today for free and start sleeping soundly. So right now, our listeners get 30% off Headspace's entire library of meditations. Just go to headspace.com slash sleep pod for 30% off your subscription, but only until May 12th. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash sleep pod today. So imagine this, you're starting a business completely from scratch. You have zero audience, zero connections, zero followers, zero email list. You're literally starting from scratch. So to build your audience, you start a podcast and you end up choosing a niche that involves interviewing moms who are, yes, I said moms, and I'll tell you why in a minute, M-U-M. If you don't know what that is, that's moms, but mums is an Australian because this person who is featured on today's show is Australian. So I'm going Australian today. Mum, I'm not going to try to do an accent for you, I promise. Anyway, you start this podcast, you interview mums and ask them about their pregnancy stories. What was it like to be pregnant? What were the challenges? What were the joys? Maybe also interviewing soon-to-be mums, pregnant women, and their stories and where they're at now, and what they're scared of, what they're excited about, etc., Well, this is exactly what Sophie Walker did, starting from scratch to now today, seeing millions of downloads of her show, advertising dollars, even agencies in Australia requiring her podcast to be listened to or to be listened to for additional credit, just incredible success happening because guess what? She put herself out there, she found a niche where other people wanted to listen and success followed. So we're gonna follow the story today of Sophie Walker, host of Australian Birth Stories, at one point the number one kids and family podcast in all of Australia. And I'm so proud to also call Sophie one of my students in Power Up Podcasting. She started from scratch, joined the course, and has found success. So we're gonna follow her journey today, but first, the intro. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host, he sometimes takes the phrase pat on the back, literally, Pat Flynn. What's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to session 432 of the Smart Passive Income Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. We got a success story. Oh boy, do we have a success story to share with you today from Sophie Walker from Australia. She's gonna come on in just a moment to share exactly how this all happened, where she got the idea, and and, and what happened from there. And uh, it's just really exciting because, I, again, I'm so stoked to share the success stories of my students because this proves that this can happen. And it's so awesome 
because Sophie's also very active in our Facebook Student Center for Power of Podcasting, and she just encourages the newbies in there every once in a while when she reaches the new, these new milestones, especially because she is somebody who started from scratch, from zero, which is really cool. So if you are starting from scratch or you're starting out and you haven't yet found success, I hope this encourages you because she's gonna share some specifics as well in terms of how she did what she did and what has happened since and how she's you know planning to go even bigger and better. So here she is, Sophie Walker from Australian Birth Stories Podcast. Hey, Sophie, welcome to the SPI Podcast. Thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Pat. Such an honor. Well, I'm so honored to have you on uh, as somebody who has taken one of my courses and done extremely well with it. I'm just so excited to learn how you did that, what, what it's done for you and all that kind of stuff. But before we get into your podcast and what's kind of opened up for you, I would love to understand a little bit more about you and sort of what you did before you started the podcast. Like, what did Sophie do before? Sure. So as you can tell from my accent, I live in Australia. So um, I live here in Melbourne and I've got three little boys. They're um, six, four and one. So prior to starting the podcast, I've got a background in public health. So I used to work um, at a cancer organization in Australia and I interviewed women about their cancer experience. So I had interviewing experience in that in that way. But I was working part-time a couple of days a week in between juggling my kids and listening to podcasts every day on the way to work. And I'm not sure how I stumbled onto your podcast, but I became obsessed and was binging on that. <laughs> and um, a girlfriend of mine, we used to do a lot of um, mail outs and she'd say, you know what, you should start your own podcast. And we sort of joked about it. And then um, and I thought, oh, okay, maybe I will. I'll, I'll, I was right into birth stories. So I started, I recorded my own birth and then I recorded a few friends' births and then it sort of took off from there. So when you say recorded a birth, what does that mean exactly? Uh, yeah, so there's a few different countries around the world where people have podcasts where they interview a woman about her pregnancy and then her childbirth experience. And I thought there's none in Australia doing the Australian healthcare system with sort of different things that we know and can relate to here. So I recorded my own experience of childbirth with my second son and um, my mum listened and my sister listened and I thought it was a bit of fun. Um, I had no idea it would um, end up being where it's at today. So yeah, now it's had over two, nearly 2.4 million downloads. So yeah, it's That's been a, bit of a wild ride. I'm so proud yeah. of you. What is it like now to know that you, you know, every episode you come out with has like tens of thousands of downloads and, you know, like that you're making this impact around the world now? It's so special. It's it's sort of an added responsibility now. It's easy to record it thinking sort of six close friends are listening, but now yeah, um, thousands and thousands. It's um, yeah, it's definitely a little bit different putting the mic together this these days. But um, yeah, it's so special. I feel a lot of people message me through. I've got um quite a big platform on Instagram. That's kind of how I built a lot of my audience and daily getting messages from women saying, I'm listening every week and my baby was just born. And they sort of accrediting the show to helping equip them and get their mindset um, ready for birth. So it's, yeah, it's a real honor and it's incredibly special to do something I love so much, but to be helping people, it's, yeah, it's amazing. That's really great. And you said you had this now large Instagram following. Did you happen to have any following or email list or anything before starting the podcast? Or was the podcast really sort of what started all this for you? Yeah, the podcast definitely started it. How I actually began my podcast um, when I just found your YouTubes um, prior to prior to Power Up Podcasting being available. And I just followed you step by step to get my show up and running. 
And I think the part of the component of that was, you know, start to build the audience if you can. So I started my Instagram account when I didn't have a show and I just sort of put inspiring birth images and slowly gathered um, a few followers and then launched my show. But once Power Up Podcasting came out, I sort of was like, oh, great, another great resource to go step by step through. And I wish that I'd had that initially because I missed out on doing a big launch and all the amazing things that you lay out in the course about, um, yeah, having three shows ready to go rather than I did my first show. And then I was like, oh my goodness, I need another show for next week. And I was Mm. scrambling, but, um, yeah, in, in power up podcasting, you lay all that out. So I wish I'd kind of done it a bit more sequentially, but I generally built my audience through Instagram and gradually grew an email list from there, but I had nothing to begin with. Yeah, and I love this story. This is why if you've heard me talk about Sophie before, this is the Sophie that we, that I always talk about because just Australian birth stories has taken off and it's done some amazing things. And she started with zero audience, which I think is a big reason why a lot of people like podcasting because you can find your audience doing that. Doing that. And I'm curious to know what really uh, worked for you when you started your show, like did it take off like immediately or what was it that kind of happened or did you do anything to sort of get it, get the word out there? I literally just followed your recipe and I laugh every time you use your knitting example, you know, when you say um, approach people in your niche and um, in groups in Facebook. And I literally did that. And I made one of my closest friends to date now through that approach. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. So I found another mother's group on Facebook and I approached the administrator of the group. And that was um, my, my now friend, Bridget. And I interviewed her. So she shared it on her really large, she's she had nearly 100,000 mothers following her in her Facebook group. So I interviewed her and then she shared it on her platform and and it literally grew from there. And we've since both gone on to have another baby and um, sort of shared our birth experiences and pregnancies together. So that was, yeah, it's really funny. I just definitely laugh every time you say knitting. I'm like, yes, do that approach. It works, everybody. It yes, absolutely it works. Really I had no does. idea that that's what you used to kind of get started because, you know, I know a lot of my students use that for their, their, their efforts to grow their show. And what I'm talking about, what Sophie's talking about here is a strategy that I talk a lot about on my webinars and online where you can use your podcast platform to interview these forum owners, group owners, LinkedIn group owners, Facebook group owners who often don't get a chance to share on a platform like that. And you have this amazing thing called a podcast, which is a huge asset that if you can use to make somebody else look great, I mean, they're going to they're going to, you know, and share their expertise and and offer them a, a platform of their own using your show they can't help but want to share it. And I'm so thrilled that that you mentioned that strategy. So a lot of you who are listening probably have heard me talk about that before. You, you got to do it. I mean, this is definitely this implemented. Is, this yeah. is proof. Um, I'm curious about the struggles that you had. Every podcaster has different reasons for struggling in the beginning. Mine in particular was the technology. It was also just a lot of fear around whether or not people were going to pay attention. I was much more used to writing versus uh, using my voice. What struggles or obstacles did you have to overcome in the beginning? I think, yeah, I'm definitely not a techie person and I much prefer to talk than to kind of write or do any of the IT side. So, but literally, I feel like I'm just singing your praises, but I literally just followed step by step. Yeah, I didn't even have to think about the different things that I was doing because I just like putting one foot in front of the other and following the steps. So I just think if I can make a podcast, anybody can because it's definitely not my my field of expertise. I'd rather just talk to people, which, yeah, which I now get to do for a job, which is amazing. And you said you interviewed people before, right? What and and how were those interviews done, and how did those uh, transfer over? 
they were over the phone. So I was just used to talking okay. to people and, um, yeah, building rapport in that way, I think. And, um, yeah, it set me in good stead because I think people – People often say they enjoy the the sound of my calming voice, and I and I let I try and talk less in my interviews and let people tell their own story and not interrupt as much. So there's mm-hmm. not a lot of me talking within my episodes, but yeah, I think I gained those skills through through previous work. For people who are interested in podcasting or maybe even have one already, and they want to really hone in on their interview skills and and asking the right questions, do you have any powerhouse tips or questions that you often bring up in your show? I think I listen to heaps and heaps of podcasts myself and I get get kind of different insights from the way that other people interview. And um, I feel like I've started listening to your podcast and then a lot of people that you've interviewed, I listen to Amy Porterfield and mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss and people like that all the time and I try and, and kind of learn from the greats. So um, I think less is more, like trying to sit back a bit and let people, often you want to interrupt and ask an, an extra question, but if you just pause and let them go, then it often opens up a whole other section, I find. Yeah, it's one of the hardest things to do as a podcaster is to actually just listen. <laughs> and, yeah. And, you know, and we're always so worried about, well, what's the next question going to be? Like, I don't want this to be bad, but my advice would be to just be genuinely curious. Like, if you're genuinely curious, you're going to listen intently. You're going to ask the right follow-up questions and likely be in the heads of your audience. Uh, my, my favorite piece of feedback for my show is when people go, man, like, you seem to ask the same questions that I have in my head. And if you can... Just be curious. That's that's definitely going to help you. What's another tip now that you are a pro podcaster that you could offer to the podcasters or soon to be podcasters that are out there about uh, about your show? I think people often talk about knowing your avatar or your your sort of main listener, and I think that's just vital. And in my case, I, I kind of am my main listener because I've gone through a pregnancy mm-hmm. and and childbirth experience again whilst recording the show. So I kind of think, what do I want to know right now? And um, really having that person in mind rather than yeah, taking different tangents, just focus on one person. What would that one person want to hear? And and kind of channeling that. But I've gone on to do your other course as well, Amped Up Podcasting, and I've learned heaps from that as well. And I'm um, really implementing those strategies to grow the show and, um, yeah, increase my experience and, and knowledge base there. So that's been fantastic. So thank you so much for doing the follow-up. Course. Yeah, you're welcome. I mean, it, it was you and several other people who had asked for more. And I think that there are only certain things you can do after you have a show that's been up and running, which is why that course exists. But um, I, I think everybody's going to listen to this and go like, I think did you pay Sophie to come on and talk about your stuff? Like, cause this is just a testimonial. And, you know, I, I knew that obviously you being a student would, would, would share your success story with the course and, and your podcasting career here. But I, I don't want this to be about me. I want it to be about you. And I want to understand a little bit more about your interview process. Cause I think there's huge opportunities there. And I'm curious, how do you prepare for an interview when you're about to get on a call with somebody? What's going through your head? How do you, how do you get yourself in the right mindset for that? Well, it's funny because I don't, I try and not know too much about their story, to be honest. So it unfolds the way that a listener would hear. So people apply to come on my show to every, every woman pretty much wants to share their birth story. So I've got no shortage of content there. I had an application page on my website where people could submit their story and just write 
a few dot points about what happened in their birth Mm -hmm. and then um, I choose it from there. But I've had to close that off because the waiting list got to 900 (laughs) and I thought I just don't have the time to go through. Um, I do it all myself as well. So I don't have like an admin girl to help me. But um, I, yeah, I actually try, which is probably the opposite of what most people do in interviews. Like I don't do background research. I just like let it unfold naturally as if we're having a cup of tea. And I think people enjoy that as well. They feel like they're just sitting down with two people having a chat. So it's not, um, yeah, I haven't got kind of quotes and information up my sleeve. I just let it unfold. Yeah, I love that. And that's the same exact strategy I use with my interviews. I at least think about, okay, well, with this person, where do I want to end up? That, that's usually the one thing I think about. Where do we want to take the listener eventually? And then I just have a curious conversation to hopefully get there. And, and that becomes my sort of guide or my lane for the questions and, and where I want the conversation to go. But I find that sometimes when I'm listening to an interview and the podcaster will like already know about the book and just they would each have their own sort of insider language about a thing, I, I often feel left out of a conversation and feeling kind of dumb versus like you said, the approach that we take is more of a, you know, hey, I'll just kind of represent you as the audience and ask questions like you would if you were here. Yeah. And I suppose, I mean, the outcome of my story always ends in a birth. So there's no um, surprises there, but it's how people got there. Yeah. And how it unfolded that that's interesting. Love it. What were the first signs for you that this this thing was going to be huge? I'd love to know a little bit about your story of when you saw that this was starting to take off. What was what was going through? What, when did that happen and what was going through your head? Yeah, I suppose another technique I used is um, through Instagram again, I just DM'd um, more popular sort of mummy bloggers and influencers and tried to get their birth stories and then grew my audience that way. So, And, and I now do that sort of two episodes a month. I do someone with a high following on Instagram and that, and then they, I don't even have to ask them to share. They often just naturally um, share it with their audience to give their audience a bit more background on themselves. So it's kind of a win-win and and I sort of grow exponentially that way. So each week I get a whole bunch of new listeners from the person that's being interviewed. And then I combine that with doing just kind of regular women that approach me as well. Um, I did one influencer early on in the piece. And yeah, and I think I went from getting kind of 500 listens to maybe 1200 the following week after her episode. And I thought, oh, okay, so it can grow that quickly. And it's like, and I use Libsyn, which I know you recommend as well. And Mm -hmm. it's like looking at those spikes, it's like suddenly a huge spike. And I thought, oh, okay, I can grow this quickly if I get it right, kind of. That's really cool. How, How does your husband feel about all this? He doesn't really understand it all that much and he doesn't he doesn't obviously listen to the birth stories but um he enjoys seeing the money come in I think. <laughs> and 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 money is coming in. How is it coming in? Yeah, so it's interesting because again listening to all these podcasts people talk about, you know, have have an online course, have an online course and I thought but I'm not an expert in anything, so what would I I'm not I'm not trained as a midwife or a nurse, so I don't feel like I I can educate in that way. And I decided to get a business coach about a year ago just to kind of chat through things because I think it's hard having an online business. People don't quite understand what you're doing and they don't know. A lot of my friends don't know about affiliate marketing or advertising. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't have a good sounding board. So I hired a beautiful um, business coach, a lovely lady, Rachel, and we discussed things. And I'd been running the show for about a year and a half then. And she said, you need to make an offer and have something that your people can purchase because you've built kind of no like and trust over the years and they're going to want more from you. And I came up with the idea to record 
an expert series of interviews with healthcare professionals to kind of delve deeper into the health side. So I interviewed people like physiotherapists and psychologists and lactation consultants, and I compiled a kind of five-part audio series, which I ran off Teachable, and released that thinking, who knows if anyone wants to pay money to listen to these kind of expert series and they definitely did and I went on to do a second series and I'm now thinking about doing a third so for anyone who thinks I've got nothing to offer or nothing to put into a course you can get other people in and um, definitely package that together and put it all in one place and people love that. That's really great and that's a fantastic idea you're essentially playing expert curator uh, versus being the expert, which I I think is a really great strategy. When it comes to creating an online course that involves other experts, can you share a little bit about your positioning when reaching out to those experts to get help? Is there any, I'm just curious, is there any like thing they have to sign? Are you paying them to get in? Like how, uh, like how does that work? I'm kind of very loose with all those things. I don't get anybody to sign anything, which I'll probably regret one day because I, oh, another crazy offering, I've been approached to write a book and I thought to share some of the stories in the podcast and I thought, oh, I haven't I haven't got anyone to sign anything to um, see, you know, whether <laughs> I own this property. So I'll have to go back to them if I um, need them for the book, I guess. But I approach professionals that I know want a bit more exposure as well. So they know that once I put together the course, I'm going to advertise it on my um, social channels, which are and now I think I've got about seven, oh, nearly 80,000 followers on Instagram. So they want to, yeah, they want that exposure in front of pregnant women to sell their other items or their, their other offerings. So yeah, I approach people that I've worked with, uh, like, like my own physiotherapist And then I've just in the discussion said, well, obviously at the end of your interview, I'll put links back to whatever products they're selling. So if they're selling a book or another online offering, then I put links in. So it's just kind of almost like a goodwill kind of sharing of, yeah, of exposure. And that's great. And and, and that's the sort of positioning, right? Like you let them know that it is going to be used in a course and, and, and that way, like if they wouldn't be down with that, they would just tell you, right? Yeah, yeah. And I haven't had any backlash from that. Um, yeah, I've, I've had really good experiences. And yeah, and I think we're all on the same page. The people that I'm talking to all want to educate pregnant women to have a healthier and happier childbirth experience. So we're all trying to get the same knowledge out to to women to utilize. So in that way, we're, yeah, we're working together. That's really great. So a year and a half after your show came out and you're building this online course, any like any fears, any worries? I know you said that you were just like, oh, I don't know if people are even going to pay for this. But I know a lot of people who can and should create an online course, but they just don't. How did you get over those fears or what was going through your head before you launched it? I think the push that I got was from my business coach. But um, I think you've got nothing to lose. Like say you make it and nobody buys it, then oh, well, you've learned a bit of um, tech and you've, um, yeah, it's it's your first launch and you can go back to the drawing board and rework it. But if you don't try, you don't know really. And it it really, it literally changed our life because we're, my husband's a primary school teacher, so we don't earn a lot of money and we're renters. So mm-hmm. the money that I got through from the course allowed us to pay off our credit cards and just had a huge huge immediate impact on our finances and yeah and it has gone on to be life-changing and it, it almost feels sort of I don't know I felt embarrassed initially to be bringing in the money and then you have to kind of rework your um, your mindset on money and all sorts of things so uh, it's been a huge growth learning curve for me with 
not only with the podcast, but making money and, and um, learn all of that along the way. But I think it's the same with advertising on the podcast. I kind of reached out to a few brands. I think it was only six months in and I said, look, I've got this podcast and I've got, I don't know, maybe a thousand people listening each week. Would you like to buy a 60 second ad? And I think initially my offering was $80 for a 60 second ad, Mm -hmm. which is pretty funny now because they've paid that money and that's, I've left them as evergreen. So they've now had like on a 30,000 listens and they only paid $80. So on they, those they earlier did well episodes. Out of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I now charge, again, I just play around with that myself, the figures, but I now charge about 1,200 an episode. So it's just that's grown over the years as that's well. That's crazy cool. Wow, that's incredible. When you went to launch your course, how did you launch it? What did you say and where did you launch it? I launched it on Instagram because that's where most of my audience is. And mm. I still, my email list at the moment is, it's still a bit, it's like something I really want to work on. And I hear it all the time, like the money's in the list and my list is a bit sad. Um, I think I've got 5,000 people on my list, but I'm not that regular at emailing. So it's definitely on the to-do list. But I just started planting the seed on Instagram and I took people on the journey. I did a lot of interviews for the first series in one day. So I just went live on Instagram and said, okay, I'm just heading in to see, meet with this physio now and we're going to talk about these things. I also got my listeners to send in the questions, their burning questions that they wanted me to ask. So they felt part of the process mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, they had input. So then I, was, I knew I was creating a product that they – that they were going to want to buy. So, yeah, I definitely used their their input there. And and then I think just did teasers throughout the process as well, like teased little snippets of the interviews. And so by the time it was ready to launch, they were like, let me have it. So, mm. yeah, creating that anticipation really helped. That's really smart. And that's something I love to do as well, sort of as ConvertKit calls it, work in public. You're sharing your process. You're sharing it along the way, getting people involved. I did the same thing when we launched the SwitchPod, a little physical product that me and my uh, videographer created. And, you know, people were following that journey for so long. And then when it came out, it was like it wasn't a surprise and they wanted to support it. And I thought that was really cool. So I think that's a really smart thing that you did there. And now that your show's been up for a while, I mean, how long has it been now? It's been a few years, right? It's going to be three years in May. Yep. Three years. Well, we're approaching that anniversary. Uh, happy anniversary, by the way. And yep. you had mentioned, and you, you, you I, I love that you're involved in the Student Center, which uh, you get access to in your Empower Podcasting. And you, you, can, you go there and you continue to inspire and help out the newbies as well every once in a while. You shared something recently that is I, I, I've actually never seen before. And that's that has to do with like some agencies and things in Australia that now sort of you know, your podcast is a part of their curriculum and and like just kind of really amazing things. Can you share a little bit about what that is and sort of how that all came to be? Yeah, I I know a lot of my listeners, um, student midwives and nurses that listen along and they love it for the human aspect. So they're learning in their course, all the kind of medical side and all that stuff that they need to carry out in their day-to-day job. But they've come to the podcast to get the emotional experience and see what it was like for the woman. So they often hear, oh, we, we often offer, say, an epidural and we don't realize that the woman at the time, a lot of my um, interviewees say, oh, and when she offered it like this, I felt like that. And so 
So they get a real human perspective to the whole process. So they love it for that component. So I knew that they were listening each week, which is a bit of added pressure for me to get the lingo right. Um, Mm -hmm. But um, that I was approached by the Australian College of Midwives just in an email randomly one day and I nearly fell over just saying that they appreciate my work so much and they value it so highly that they want to count it as certified professional development for their midwives. So one podcast episode counts as one hour of professional development. So all the midwives were thrilled when I announced because they're like, well, we've been listening for two years. So there goes, I'm not sure how many hours they need to do a year, but (laughs) basically they can just listen to the podcast each week and get their hours up. And um, once I'd made the course, they listened to that as well and they um, they've formally endorsed my two professional series as, um, again, certified professional development, but it's also a tax deduction for midwives. So it's huge and I've got their um, kind of their logo of approval on my website and on my products, which is, yeah, something you'd normally have to seek out and go through a long process and they literally came to me and offered it. So that was a, an amazing day, really. That's really, like, how did, I mean, did you ever think it would get, to this point when you started your show? Never, never, ever. And I'm very close to my mum. So I was like, I quickly rang her. You'll never guess what's happened now. So it's everything that's happened within um, the podcast has been a real shock, like, yeah, an exciting shock. But it just seems amazing. But I I think it's quite funny. I now earn more than my husband, which which I like to rub in regularly. (laughs) My my little podcast. And my boys are like, oh, mummy's got a podcast. My, My son's actually does the intro to my show. So he thinks he's sort of part owner as well. But um, yeah, I never dreamed that it would become this. And I think that's also recommended in some lectures for midwifery as well, that if you want to gain more personal experience and hear stories of women, tune into my podcast because a couple of people have said, oh, I was at Deacon today. And they said, make sure you're listening. So to get kind of free endorsement and exposure is priceless. That's really incredible. But you're obviously creating a platform for some amazing education and stories. And you had mentioned your son, which is really cool that you have him on the show with you. How are you as somebody who's now sort of a bit, you're a business owner now and, and you have this thing going and you're making money even more than your husband and he and, and you are, are working to raise your children. Tell me a little bit about work-life balance now. How is your week like? How do you ensure that you are still on task for both work and family at the same time? That's, yeah, a real juggle. It's hard. I um, I do most of my show in my car, actually, just with, with my laptop and my mic. And You're in your car. That, yeah, I'm in my car now, actually. And um, <laughs> But <laughs> because it's very hard to get three boys to be quiet, let alone out of the house in a timely fashion. So it's often I'll just like, I'll do it in the car, in the carport. So my car's off the street. So, and so your whole podcast there. essentially has been done in your car. Yep. So you don't need fancy studios. <laughs> That's amazing. I did not yeah. know that. Thank you, Orpho- Orphonics, that helps me um, fix out the sound. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, so you can do it anywhere. If I can do it with three kids and I'm still breastfeeding, I've got my youngest is one. So I like literally do a quick breastfeed, hand him over to someone and run out into the car. So um, it's definitely a juggle. And I, I really love working on the podcast and I want to grow it 
as a business. So I do find it really challenging finding time to do things like I really want to focus on, say, a nurture sequence for my email list, but I, mm-hmm. it's it's on a long to-do list. And I'm, I know I'm in a position where I should really probably hire someone to help, but I feel nervous to hand over my baby to anybody else. And I don't even outsource my editing because I feel like I know there's kind of plenty of services where they could do the the editing. I just do it on GarageBand myself. But I feel like these stories are so personal that women have shared with me. And I'd hate for somebody on the other side of the world to just kind of snip out a whole chunk on their breastfeeding experience or something like that, that I feel like was really personal and and important. So Mm -hmm. I want to have creative control over all of that as well. So I haven't been able to let go of any of the parts although I really need to. I well, think. that's the whole first part of that that second course that, that you, I you got. I mean, it's, <laughs> um, but I understand that. I mean, perhaps there could be a way for you. I'm just brainstorming right now. Maybe there's uh, one of the women in your audience that, that you've once interviewed has the ability to, uh, you know, do some editing for you, for example. So it's sort of in-house, but with somebody who knows the brand and who knows you, that could be an option one day. That's pretty common, actually. Yeah, and I think it's the whole thing of like, unlike financially, I am I am in a better position with it now. But I think spending money to make money and and spending money to free up my time to be able to grow another, yeah, to perhaps do another course or something like that. Mm-hmm. I I'm really at that stage where I need to do that, but I have to just take the leap. I think I listened to that part in that course, and I was like, "That's great." Now, um, teach me about affiliate marketing. <laughs> so I just jumped ahead, <laughs> which is another great thing I'm doing as well. So I learned that as well. So I do, um, I do affiliate marketing for quite a few different products, which is really another great big um for my business. Yeah, that's. Let, let's finish off with that before we close up. Uh, this has been an amazing conversation with affiliate marketing, promoting other people or other companies' products. How are you balancing what I'm sure is a load of people who want to get in front of your audience and determining who to promote and and how to promote them? I used hypnobirthing myself um, in my births. So um, I'm an affiliate for Hypnobirthing Australia and they've got an online birthing class. So I kind of two or three times a year, we have a big sale. And with everything that's going on in the world at the moment with Corona, online resources have become really necessary. And a lot of the birth classes in Australia have been cancelled just to reduce face-to-face contact. Mm-hmm. So I've just launched this week another sale with Hypnobirthing Australia and um, I get, so percentage-wise, it's quite good. I, I think the course is $200 and I get $50 for every sale. So I just can promote that um, whenever I like. So I've got links within my webpage, so that's always available. But at the moment, we're offering a big sale to help women out who can't get to their classes So I've done that and sort of online baby first aid courses and I've deliberately picked things that are very relevant to my audience and things that I would purchase and use myself. So that's been really important so I can authentically endorse them. Yeah, and that's just like another regular income. Plus, I also do Patreon. So I've got Patreon money coming in as well. So there's there's about four or five different revenue streams now that that I've built throughout the years. Good for you, Sophie. Man, amazing. On the Patreon stuff, I know that if you were to set up a Patreon, likely there's different levels that people can pledge and different things they get access to. What are you giving your patrons access to that um, in exchange for a little bit of support? I'm not great with that, actually. I, I Initially, I had it set up so that if you paid, I think if you paid $15 a month, 
you got priority in being on the show, but then that became overwhelming. So I had to modify that because people are paying, paying that amount and then wanting to come on the show. And I just couldn't keep up with the momentum of that. So making sure just a tip, making sure it's things you can deliver really. And, um, I think most of the people just pay $5 a month and that is just, um, I think they get my gratitude and a shout out. Yeah. 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 And um, I mentioned them at the start or the end of the show. So I just, uh, once a month, I do a bit of a Patreon thanks so much and just list the names and they get the thrill of hearing their name on the show. And they're, but they're just doing it because they love it. So I just kind of do, do you, if you're loving the show and you're listening every week, could you afford throwing me kind of $5 the cost of a coffee, that kind of thing? And um, yeah, so I get about mm, $1,000 a month through Patreon. Wow. Incredible, Sophie. Sophie Walker, everybody. She podcasts from her car and she's had now millions (laughs) of downloads and has run a full business out of this and is still able to be at home with her kids too. Uh, Congratulations, Sophie. I'm so proud of you. Where can people go to listen to the show? Um, So I'm available on all good podcast apps, Spotify or Apple. Yeah, the best place probably is just to go to australianbirthstories.com and you can find my whole back catalog there. Awesome, Sophie. Thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate you. And I always appreciate your support for, for you know, the, the courses as well. That means the world to me. And just thanks for, for taking action. Oh, thanks so much. All right. I hope you enjoy that interview with Sophie Walker. Sophie, again, thank you so much for taking the time today. I appreciate you. And thank you for being a star student and for encouraging other students and soon to be students. And even if you don't become a student of my course, Power Up Podcasting, definitely make sure you get started anyway. It's still a perfect time to start a podcast. At the time I am recording this, there are still less than one million podcasts out there. We're soon to close, uh, we're, we're very close to that one million mark, but I mean, compare that to 500 million active blogs or you know, dozens and dozens of millions of YouTube channels. We haven't even hit one million podcasts yet. Now is the opportunity for you. And even if you're just starting from scratch like Sophie, man, I hope this success story proves that you can do it too. So make sure to check out the cheat sheet. If you wanna learn how to start a podcast, I do have a cheat sheet for you that's gonna walk you through all the steps that you need to take. And then from there, should you choose to wanna go deeper, you can potentially get involved with my course or go somewhere else if you'd like. But if you want the cheat sheet, go to smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet. One more time, smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet, all one word, and that'll take you there. Sophie, thank you so much. Make sure to check out Australian Birth Stories if that's of interest to you. And uh, yeah, even if you're not in Australia, you can go and listen to that. And and, uh, yeah, make sure you leave a rating and review for the show if you have the opportunity to do so. But yeah, if you're interested in starting a podcast, smartpassiveincome.com slash podcast cheat sheet is a place to go. Can't wait to see you there and help you out with that free cheat sheet for you to help you get that kickstart on your upcoming podcast. It's gonna be awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And if you want the show notes and links to all the things mentioned in this episode, smartpassiveincome.com slash session 432. And to finish up, as always, appreciate you. Love y'all. Thanks so much. And as always, Team Flynn for the win. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. So podcasting is obviously a big deal here at SPI, and today I'm so excited to tell you about our newest podcast. Yes, a brand new podcast called Flops. 
Flops is all about exploring, celebrating, and normalizing failure in the entrepreneurial journey. Every entrepreneur experiences failure at some point, so I love that we're just facing it head on here. And the show is hosted by two members of the team, Karen and Ray, and in it, they talk to entrepreneurs who have had stumbles, setbacks, and flat-out failures. These guests are honest and generous with their stories, and I think they offer hope and encouragement for all other entrepreneurs out there because we all experience it, right? We all experience failure. For example, in the first episode, Ray talks to John, who got caught up in a Ponzi scheme. It's a story with twists and turns that will keep you hooked. It's a great story. I highly recommend you check it out. But one thing I love about Flops is that it doesn't dwell on the failure, and it always finds a bright side. I really love it, and I think you will too. So the first season of Flops has already started with new episodes dropping on Wednesdays. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also listen at smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. Again, that's smartpassiveincome.com slash flops. I hope you enjoy it. 